Wishbone, she did Blue's Clues, and then she told us that we were doing for Jane Austen what Wishbone did, and we all cried. <laughs> Welcome to Austin Austin, the Podlander Drunk Cast Podcast. <laughs> uh, sadly, I only caught part of that, Julie, but um, it's okay. We are coming to you from after the thing you haven't heard yet. Time warp. Time, time warp. travel. And we're all, uh, full disclosure, high. High ha- basically high on, and not our own supply, on the no. supply of one Jeannie Simpson, the grand high mistress of Caroline Bingley-isms. Um, the sheer uh, perfection. Oh, that, that's a of new money gaucherie. The um, uh, I'm out. She was very good. Um, Jeannie Simpson, Jeannie Simpson of Wishbone fame, uh, is our guest this week. Uh, we just got done talking to her, and oh boy, I am running really high. <laughs> microphone it's good like the techno remix of microphone is how good i feel microphone That's, yeah microphone there's a i don't whole, know what's going on there's a whole like uh there's a whole tiktok like remix meme thing going on now with this experience this episode was just that good it's all over the internet already already, already. <laughs> you know we at the end of our conversation with Jeannie simpson which we just had and you haven't heard yet so none of this means anything to you sorry um she she says that it's uh, wishbone is before memes, right? And I don't know if it's that she is lucky or unlucky that wishbone predates Twitter essentially mm-hmm. because Caroline Bingley would be like 96 memes. Yes. 90 yes. Mhm. Yeah. It's just like all the memes. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to make that happen. Mhm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Microphone. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I guess that's without, this is part three of our Wishbone series. If you haven't listened to parts one and two, you really should. Uh, I would actually suggest that you listen to these in order because there's a nice escalation. There's a little meta narrative. Um, So start with episode one, where we just talk about, come on, Wishbone. And then episode two, featuring the great Danny Jollis, as we talk about the 90s storyline. And then episode three, this one, the one you're listening to right now, our conversation with Jeannie Simpson of Wishbone and many other things. Uh, Enjoy, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Did, Did I forget to say anything? cool no that sounded good to me all right uh we're gonna all have a nice drink of water and a lie down while you listen and then we'll come back relatively subdued so uh (laughs) as we definitely haven't already said before we were so impressed (laughs) with your performance it was so i think a past version of me might have called it high drag I think um, I heard that too. I think that like, is like the best description. I am putting that on my resume that I can do high drag. That's one of my special abilities at the bottom of my resume. High yeah, plays guitar, licensed driver, yes, high exactly. drag. And high drag. High drag K-9. Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Canine choreographer mm-hmm. must be and K- in there too. And yes. Canine choreographer, which actually I should have on there. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so let's, okay. let's start there uh, because yes. in the, the version of this conversation, we definitely didn't already have. Uh, <laughs> Of course not. Yeah. Julie and Janine heard your response and I did not. So I just got to watch them laughing and like being delighted. So now I just need to know. So what was it like to choreograph soccer, the dog? Yeah. So soccer was first of all, an amazing actor, let's face it. And he was totally method. 
And uh, so, you know, that made it tricky for the rest of us. He would just stay in character for the whole episode. You know, yeah, that's like that's Jared Leto. Kind of a diva move exactly. there. He was such him. a Jared Leto. You have no idea. <laughs> but no, he was such a sweet doggy. And um, so I was, I was, you know, as I definitely did not say before, I was very young, took it very seriously, did my research, you know, about all the dances then and had all these you know, crazy plans. And then I went to talk to the dog trainer and she was amazing. And she was basically like, we can do three moves. And I was like, okay, there we go. Three moves. This is it. People, we're going forward. We're touching our paw. We're going back, touching our paw back. And we're going in a circle. And then, you know, he can run down beside someone like a reel. So that's what we did. And I looked for a dance to base it on, which I found, which was great. And and it really, it was so cute. He was great. He stayed right in his place, which is saying a lot because some of our human actors were all over the place. And it's all about patterns during that time. Um, the dances are all about patterns. It's very strict pattern choreography. And the dog was amazing. And of course, the dog got a treat every time it hit its mark. Um, the humans did not. So that may be why the dog was better than the rest <laughs> of us at staying you know, coloring within the lines because yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and as as the series went on, actually, the dog they had to let out the costumes because the dog got bigger and bigger because of all the treats. You know, because it was constantly being treated, and so it was like a Marlon Brando situation. By the end of the first season, we were like, "Oh my god, this poor dog!" We this have, is like, the behind the scenes stuff I was hoping for. This is so <laughs> this good. Is, I mean, it's, I mean, it's. I mean, the whole thing, and there was some dancing in, in the Romeo and Juliet episode that I was in as well. And so, and we were dancing together and, uh, <laughs> it was the same thing. It, and for a little more behind the scenes fun in Romeo and Juliet, the trainer was under my skirt so that the dog would stay looking at me the entire time with the eye line. And so I had this giant skirt and she would be under there and she was under there on the balcony. So he'd look up and keep looking and she had a treat in her hand. So basically I had a human under my skirt with a treat, a dog treat in their hand, waving it in the direction so that the dog would keep their eyeline on me. Uh, and that was a real, you know, interesting. I was just glad that I, you know, put on my undergarments that day. It was something I was not, not expecting, but uh, it totally worked because the dog was so, you know, attentive, which was great. But the same thing, you know, it just, it's just so working with the dog, especially in dance is hilarious. Um, when, when and we started also soccer could get up on, you know, a little bit of walking on the hind paws, which was very exciting. And he could also jump up and spin in the air. So, you know, try to so use awesome. all of those. When we started yes, watching so awesome. this episode before mm-hmm. it was revealed that soccer slash wishbone would be Mr. Mm-hmm. Darcy, I was like, he's yeah. Mr. Darcy. So how <laughs> you often it. You knew it was coming. I knew it was. How yeah. often was he like the romantic lead? Oh, so often. I mean, yeah. almost every uh, because, as you know, classic works of literature are just, you know, overflowing with men who are, you know, dark and stormy and romantic. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why we love them. And he and the dog was always being called upon to play that part sometime in like right after wishbone aired, he went on the Jay Leno show and the trainer said that I was his girlfriend. 
Uh, and that was a bit awkward um, because, you know, I mean, I wasn't married at the time, so that's good. But it was, you know, like, it was just the strangest thing. I guess Jalen was like, ah, who, you know, who does, who does he like on the show? You know, whatever. That's my, I apologize to Jay Leno. That was terrible. Don't never um, apologize to Jay Leno. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I take that back. Let's redact that impression. But anyway, uh, so, and and the trainer was like, uh, uh, well, Jeannie Simpson, who plays some of his leading ladies, he loves her. It was very sweet because the dog and I did love each other. He was very sweet, sweet doggy. And he had two stunt dogs, one that would swim and one that would get in the flying harness. And those dogs, if you look closely when you watch the shows, you can see it's not soccer in those moments, the stunt dogs, because they're a little scruffy. You know, they were like mm-hmm. behind the... Like a good the, stunt uh, person should be. Most stunt yeah, people exactly. are a little scruffier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were a little scruffy. They were like, eat, you know, like drinking beer and, you know, they were like... <laughs> They lived they hard. Care. They lived hard lives. That's a hard. Yeah, like Brad Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah, dude. I, oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> that is how they behave. How they behave. You know. Um, but yeah. Oh God! What a delight! I am speaking, stunt dogs. Speaking so of happy. the dancing in the Pride and Prejudice episode, it was yes. so well done. So. <laughs> thank you so but the sweet. moment where he did the little yeah. bow like the downward yeah, the dog bow. yes I that mean, was when i fell in love with wishbone that moment right Ooh. i mean how i said can he bow because we have to have a bow and curtsy moment and the trainer was like i'll work on it and the trainer jackie <laughs> kaplan was amazing and she came back and was like here's the bow and i was like we're, we're in we're done and scene i mean that's it was just so sweet and so, so cute. cute you know oh well, in the, in his, the like puffy, thing. puffy jacket, like the puffy jacket with oh, the, with the I mean, shoulder the pads. The sh- I know. I mean, oh, look. And the fact that he would do all that, even wearing the outfit. I mean, when I've tried to put a costume on my dog or my cat, and yes, I've even tried on my cat. It is not happening. They look so <laughs> sad and beleaguered. You know what I mean? Yep. And they, they basically just kind of melt down. Like I'm, you know, like they're having an out of body experience and I'm torturing <laughs> them. So the fact that that dog would wear all those costumes and still do all that, you know, what a trooper. Uh, all of those actions was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, Gosh. soccer. What a professional. Yeah, oh, soccer. Good professional. Consummate professional. I, yeah. uh, so I, I have another dance question. I promise we're going to ask okay, you questions great. that aren't about the dancing, but you did That's choreograph cool. a parlor it. dance for a dog. So like, <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I, I got to ask. So what was the dance that it was based on? Which of the parlor dances? Oh. Well, it wasn't it. It. It turned out it couldn't really be based on a specific dance. So I was, I was saying that I, when I was researching um, what I was most fascinated about was the, the patterns and the changing partners, because as I may have said in an earlier conversation that we definitely didn't have, um, uh, <laughs> there were all these really interesting rules about, um, dancing during that time. For example, if you refuse your first partner, the first person who asks you to dance, no matter who they are, uh, you were not supposed to dance the entire night. You were supposed to refuse all of your partners as a woman. Um, and that is true. So that is, I found that so shocking, you know, and then if you, you can only dance two dances with the same partner in a row. Uh, and then I also found out that the dances would go on forever. Like they would go on until like four or five in the morning and the stamina of, uh, the, the, you know, the people that you most wanted to dance with, like the man who would dance until four or five in the morning was part of what made him attractive or popular at the time. You know what I mean? Um, 
Imagine if he can dance till four o'clock in the morning. Imagine what else he can do till four o'clock in the morning. Oh, so true. I mean, it's like that. Exactly. He can flex flex a hand. He's got some hand flexing stamina. This is uh, so we we didn't actually know about. I think uh, we were all all of us were surprised about the first dance rule. I don't think any of us did that. that. Which suddenly like adds a whole nother light to Mr. Collins, which I just was like, what a douche well, yep. <laughs> exactly yeah. mr collins knew that going in you yeah. know it's like, yeah that Man. Exactly. So, goodness gracious um but yeah so unfortunately uh, or it looked i mean it looked fine but yeah the, the coming together the going away the going around in a circle around yourself and then you know um basically then you would probably change partners we didn't do that um but is was kind of the core at the core of all of the dances which was interesting they all started with um like a meet and greet, <laughs> a meet and greet. Hello. So your partner, you would go, exactly, hello, <laughs> goodbye. Hello. Yeah. And I think as actually as a choreographer, I would say it was like, hello, and then the goodbye, and then hello. <laughs> you, would, you would come together and then go <clears throat> apart without touching. So it was kind it's interesting because the dances of the time sort of moved from um, not touching, you know, coming together, going right to then finally, you know, actually being into your dance position and touching the person, which was a big deal big doings, people, big doings. And we couldn't really do that with the doggy because um, the height differential. You know, <laughs> so I think, well, I was, at one point, at one point I actually toyed with having her scoop up um, the wonderful woman who was playing Elizabeth Bennett, have her scoop up um, the dog and hold him like a baby, you know, and hold. And then it just looked so ridiculous. You guys, it would, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it would have, uh, yeah, it did not look right. It looked very disturbing. Yeah. I don't know how to say it, but it was just, it was, it was so, I mean, it's awkward enough. That Y'all really walked that line perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah. Right. In this and episode. we were constantly, dis- we were constantly crossing it and then running back to the other side, like <laughs> scooping up the dog and trying to dance with the actual dog was such a bad idea. And we knew it right away. We were like, no, nope, put it down, put him down. You know, like this is oh just my awful. God. I love it. In in the many events of your life, where on the like the list of most surreal moments would you place Elizabeth Bennett picks up wishbone and then we realize we've gone too far? I I would say that's really high. That's really high. I have another, this is a completely separate story. I'll give you my other most surreal dance moment. Okay. So that's really surreal. I also choreographed for another dog, an animated dog on this show. Uh, called Blues Clues. So I choreographed the show Blues Clues. Um, No kidding. This is is my surreal moment for Blues Clues. They used to send me the music, which was awesome. And then I would choreograph, you know, a little thing for um, uh, Steve um, and Donovan, who played the Steve character later. Uh, And then they would film me doing the dance. And then the animators would put in like, you know, side table drawer, or I would say, this is the salt and pepper shaker, or this is blue dancing or whatever. And they would film me. So I would get my music and it was always super fun. And, you know, and then one day I got the reel and it said it was the toilet training dance. And I was like, what? I don't understand. And they were like, you need to come up because my job was to come up with also moves that kids could follow and do because um, that was part of the educational part was that we hope that kids at home would get up and dance and do the, you know, the male dance and this dance. So I would always try to keep moves that like 
the kids, because I was a teacher of children as well, would follow and have fun doing and, you know, and sometimes we work some sign language in and everything. So literally I get this song and I play it and it is about going to the bathroom, including wiping, flushing. I mean, we, we hit it all. And so I, I was like, I turned to um, Adam who would, you know, become my husband. And I was like, I, I don't, I think this is it for me. I'm doing a toilet training dance. I don't, I don't know where it goes from here. I don't, I'm like, <laughs> I may need to retire after this because it was like, it was like a squat, wipe, flush, wash, <laughs> use, this, use the toilet. I'm not kidding. Like these. And I was like, and I have to come up with moves for things like, you know, squat, flush, wipe. So um, anyway, so that, that, and then, and then Elizabeth Bennett scooping up Mr. Darcy like a baby and dancing with him. Um, those, I say those were probably the most surreal moments so far. I'm my... so thankful for that story. Thank you. Why have I had to be so <laughs> rewarded in life? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what have I done? Oh to deserve such luxury. Oh. And I actually, I played that, um, I played that toilet training dance to torture my own children. Um, <laughs> and look, at, I want to show you some of mommy's work. I'm not kidding. And they thought it was hilarious. They were laughing so hard. And they were like, please do not ever show that to my friends. And I, so I have that as kind of like a back pocket, you know, disciplinary measure. Yeah, totally. But, you know, do I need to get know, the Blue's Clues like, video? <laughs> should I get the toilet training video that mommy choreographed out? You know, don't make me go there. <laughs> and all the friends are like, yes. Even just the thread of that makes so much the mental image of like, what could that be? That's a lot <laughs> to see it. <laughs> oh my I've God. I've damaged them forever. They're going to be in therapy talking about that. Oh, such is life. Oh. That's oh. got to be like two of the, the biggest it? dogs in children's television history. <laughs> and I'm including Clifford the big red dog in that <laughs> conversation. Like that, I never got to work with Clifford, man. Yeah, I mean, really, you've got to get it together. (laughs) Come on, if I could somehow do a project with Clifford and Snoopy, I mean, bam, that's the hat trick. That's a exactly. That's 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 egot territory, isn't it? (laughs) Like that's what we're yes. You're gonna you're the Whoopi Goldberg of dog choreographers. (laughs) That's you know what I I am so that's what I that's how I want to go down people. <laughs> the choreography is obviously I amazing. Yeah. But but honestly, yeah. we're not blowing smoke up your ass. You are so good in this episode, and I just I just need to understand as much as you can remember because obviously this was quite a while ago. Yes, where yes. these choices came from, like how it okay. is that you decided that to show that Caroline Bingley was like all talk, but really kind of the worst, you were going to take like a, like a brownie <laughs> cupcake and shove it in your mouth. Or like there's, there's a, this amazing moment where you're drinking, I don't know, espresso or something. And then you chuck the cup behind you. And then for me, that like the peak that that I can't, can't get better than this is when you do a back bend to look at Mr. Darcy, but like I was doing, I was doing a back bend. That's why I sounded like I was bending farther it away. Did. It was really good too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, how, what was your process like? How did you come up with this stuff? So I was, um, I was so excited. First of all, that we were doing Jane Austen episode because my, my husband said that my own family, my sister, and my mom are like sense and sensibility put down in the middle of Oklahoma. Cause I'm from a really small town in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And it Wait, was just, where? All- I'm from Arkansas. Where Stop are you from? It. I, well, um, Shawnee, you know, Shawnee. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> okay. 
I can't believe it. Okay. Yeah. We'll discuss that later. Okay. okay. So, um, yeah, my husband always says it's like sense and sensibility in Oklahoma. Cause it was my mom, my sister and me, we're so close. We're, we're, you know, very well educated, but have no money, all this, you know, all this stuff anyway. Um, so, um, I was so excited we were doing Austin and, and of course, everyone, the wishbone players who were the people like me who got to be in the part when he imagines the dog imagines himself in the, you know, the classic works all did different parts each week. And we always, you know, we'd find out who we were playing. And of course, all the women wanted to be the Bennett's, you know, cause the Bennett's are so awesome, but I wanted to be Caroline Bingley. And I was so excited because I was thinking like a woman of that time, yes, she has means, but like she trades in the currency, basically of judgment. Like she's total, always like judging, she's so judgy and she's like constantly comparing herself to other people because all she has really is, you know, what she considers her status over other people. And I thought how exhausting that must be, you know, Hmm. but I wanted to make that funny for kids to see because I had experienced a lot of people being extremely, you know, snobby and snooty to me in my life. And um, I just thought, for kids who are going to experience that, we should exaggerate it <laughs> to the extreme because then it will help them, you know what I mean, to um, see how funny it is and ridiculous and hopefully not take it seriously when it happens to them. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they'll see kind of behind the curtain of how these people are really insecure and they probably, you know what I mean? And they're probably doing this because they are constantly themselves feeling inadequate and wanting to be better and prettier and, you know, uh, <laughs> cooler than everybody else, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what's driving them. So I talked, we, uh, I talked with the director who is this wonderful person named Ken Harrison. Uh, and he was like, yes, let's make it like almost like slapstick that everything she does, um, to impress other people is like way, way, way too much. You know what <laughs> I mean? So like the back band, when she's trying to make herself look funny and sexy to a dog, Mr. Darcy, you know, or uh, trying to get his attention. And of course he just ignores me, which is so great in the shot. He just, he will the dog will not look at me. It's, all, like, you know, you're, it's like, you're not a treat. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see treats so, over there. the opposite of a treat. You know, someone get a bag and scoop her up, put her in the fruit bag and take her out. It's like, I am. Uh, and then. The, uh, the, that scene with the, um, we were like, it'd be so funny if like her diamonds went flying off and landed in the punch bowl and, and, uh, she got food all over her face, really rich food, but didn't know it, you know? And, um, (laughs) you know, it's like when you have something in your teeth and you're trying to be really cool and talk to someone and, you know, then you look in the mirror and see that you've got like, yeah, exactly. Basically a, you know, hee-haw mouth or you're like missing three teeth and you had no idea. So we just tried to find every, every, everything in that party scene, you know, every basically party foul she could commit would be awesome because then, um, it would just, just exaggerate how, you know, it's just, it's such a, um, in a way I felt sorry for Caroline Bingley, you know what I mean? Because women of that time, really all they had was their status, you know what I mean? And hoarding it over other people. (laughs) And so I Mm -hmm. feel like they're constantly, you know, trying to do that. And it's, um, can't be fun for them. You know, it's exhausting anyway. Uh, and it's certainly not fun for the people who are their targets, you know, who they see as underlings and they're so bored that that's like all they have to do all day. It's like put people in status order and then rearrange it and then, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then put themselves in there and insert themselves. Something that we discovered rereading the book is that the Bingley's were actually new money. 
So Caroline Bingley probably had an extra level of trying to be fancy, right? Which I think so came through in your performance. You know, that is amazing that you said that because when when I was looking at the thing, I was like, oh my God, this is such a like new money behavior. You know what I mean? Because like people who have had resources for years and years, usually not always, but usually have that kind of detachment of like, you know what I mean? They're more kind and loving and humble about it and just used to it. Do you know what I mean? But someone who is newly feels like they could lose it at any time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they find it's like, they just finally pulled up over the, you know, on the precipice and they're hanging on by their claws. They're like, ha ha, I'm higher than you, you know? (laughs) And, and they still can look down and see how far they could fall, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're just kind of really scrappy about it, you know? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, what strikes me too about uh, even as you're describing uh, the process you guys went through and 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 the choices you made with being the slapstick stuff, it really came across for me. I'm like new to Jane Austen through this whole okay. experience, and I'm always starting yeah. the books. And like for me, and I know we chatted about this uh, previously, like that came through. Like uh, that, like oh, attempt good. was very like it was resonating. I was like that is like we see those choices being made there, and it was very effective for us adults yeah. as well. Oh, like I'm so glad. I think there's so much um, comedy in Jane Austen. Do you know what I mean? I think she's so funny. And sometimes people just forget about that because there is so much great romance and drama, you know, going on. But there's so much funny stuff, I think, hidden in there. Not really hidden, but in all the books. You the, know? Stilted, the stilted language makes it hard for me just because I, I just need to I know. learn that. But you're right. Like then the I'm starting to read Emma right now, which is... Uh, I need to maybe focus and read that because there's a lot of machinations happening and I've already forgotten how this is all working. Um, But there's some really funny comments where I'm like, did they, what just happened? Because I didn't understand how those words (laughs) strung together, but I think someone made a joke. I think someone got burned. <laughs> someone got burned. I can read that. Definitely got burned. That's right. Someone yep. is smoking. Yeah. 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 Someone oh, cut. I love that. You've been read. Um, <laughs> I uh, now I just want to I want to go back in time so that I can pitch an episode to the Wishbone Writers Room. Oh uh, my god! Yes. Specifically, so that that Emma could happen, so that you could play Mrs. Elton, because that's like oh, the that same be, category. That would be the dream role. That would be the dream role for me. Hold on, I'm going to plug in my computer because i just realized i thought it was plugged in but it's running out of charge so hold oh, on please hold on oh, yeah. I gotta, yeah get it i gotta plug in my computer that would be terrible <laughs> hold on okay this is amazing <laughs> this is uh okay. the best conversation i've ever had in my life this, this okay, is wait. the best sunday i've had so in wait. like a year i have to tell you i tell you something else that is just complete it's i mean it's a little bit related but so I play that Caroline Bingley character who was sort of a departure for me when I was younger. Cause I usually play like the, you know, the more like nice people, but then <laughs> so part of it stuck because I ended up being on Mad Men and Parks and Recreation a little bit and a few episodes. And both of those characters were so judgy. One of them was like this um, housewife who is really kind of judgy in a similar way of this in the sixties, you know, and then, the the nurse that I played in Parks and Recreation was really judgy and snarky as well. And mm-hmm. so it was like, I was, I have always thought like, is this because of Caroline Bingley that I keep getting cast? <laughs> <laughs> it made an impact. <laughs> Apparently so. Exactly. But anyway, it's funny. Do you ever have people come up to you and say, Hey, were you on wishbone? Yes. That is the <laughs> one thing. I'm not kidding. In the grocery store. 
um, I've had, it's so sweet and I always love it. Um, they don't, they don't say Caroline Bingley. They just, yeah, say wishbone. wishbone. They're like, well, you know, I'm wishbone. You're the first one wishbone. Because for a lot of kids who, you know, came home every day and watched it, um, you know, that, that was, it was, it was yeah. their, their kid's show. I understand. Cause I mm-hmm. had mine. We all have ours, you know. What was your kid's show? Well, I was, uh, I'm just going to, I was Sesame street people, Sesame street and electric company. Oh Those yeah. My electric <laughs> company. That's the oh. shit. I just oh electric. <laughs> oh, God, we have to put that on a t-shirt. Electric company. That's that's the, the shit. shit. I want that t-shirt. Uh, but yeah, but it really was. I mean, it was great. Rita Moreno and I mean, think of all, all the, the music on electric company. Oh, and the music yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Because was, if I yeah. just start this, we're all gonna finish it. Are you ready? One, two, three, okay. four, five, six, seven, seven eight, eight, nine, eight, ten, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite wishbone episode either that you were in? I do. I have a favorite, even though I love them all, but, uh, my favorite episode that I got to be in was Joan of Arc was bone of Arc. Yes. I got to play Joan, which was a dream cool. role. My sister wrote the episode and she's like the most awesome person alive. And, um, my the man who would be my brother-in-law who married my sister was the special effects person at the time. They weren't married at the time. He set me on fire and it was real fire. <laughs> and that was really exciting. I had flame retardant pants on and he, they tied me to a stake and set me on fire. And I, I'm clearly a cracked person. Cause that's like one of the highlights of my life. I was so excited to do it. I was like, yes. He also shot me with the arrow. Heck yeah. It was like a little, there was a little putty inside my costume and you had to really hit the putty because it was like a real arrow. And, and he did an amazing job, shot me with the arrow. Uh, and a soccer was so sweet and like clearly worried about me because I was crying at one point in the episode and is like licking my face. And there are all these like outtakes of him just licking me and just like being so worried. It was so sweet. Oh my it, god! Uh, it was so. It was so. It was really, really. Oh my touching. gosh! Uh, what am and I going to do as soon as we're done here today? I'm going to go watch. That <laughs> You're going to watch Bone of Arc. Bone of Arc. Clearly. Bone of Arc. Come on. It's, it's, come on, uh, Wishbone. Come on. Come on, Wishbone. But it was such, just such a sweet story and such a. I don't know. And she's such a great model for for girls and mm-hmm. everybody. You know, her story is pretty cool. Do you have any, did you have any visibility into the books or stories that were chosen for Wishbone and were they, was the goal just to get kids to read more or was there, were there specific, like we're teaching lessons about this thing or this thing, right. you know? Well, the, 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 um, I did have a lot of insight of that because Wishbone was a family affair for me. So my, mm-hmm. um, uh, my mom was, um, the edge, one of like the educational consultant on the show, because she was a professor of English and teacher. And so she had a lot to do with which books got picked. And then my sister was the main writer, the head writer and producer of the show. She wrote most of the episodes. And so she, and then my, who would be my husband to be wrote some episodes and my dear friend, Mo Rocca from college, uh, worked on the show. This was his first job. He's one of my best friends and he That's wrote awesome. a lot of the episodes. And then my brother-in-law was doing the special effects. And so it was like, it was a family affair. It was really neat. That's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. And so we all got to work together. It's the only time that happened. And that, you know, that was just, so, that made it even more fun and magical. Right. But, it's like, um, 
That's like one of those things. When I lived in LA, I worked at the LA yeah. Opera for a couple of years on oh, the uh, ring, on the cool. ring cycle, and I got yes. to know those Ooh. people so well. Like I have art on my wall yeah. still, and just I'm like having memories of just being around the people that you care the most about, and like working yeah. on something creative. And working together time. and being creative, it's very and it becomes a family, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the best kind of family because mm-hmm. you know you love each other and 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 you're all working towards the same goal, and it's great. Yeah. 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 Uh, wow. But but yeah, so they they chose the books um definitely to inspire kids to read as you know an introduction uh to reading to all you know all these authors and stories that um younger kids weren't getting in the education system. Right now, um it's interesting because I have I have an eight-year-old girl and a 13-year-old boy who are both amazing, but even in their school curriculum, there's not um, as much reading of the classics or even novels um, in general. It's kind of shocking. I was Mm. having a discussion with some other moms recently, and we were just kind of shocked because when we were coming up, there were basically English was a lot of reading. It was novels and then talking about the novels, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's not really like that anymore, Mm -hmm. which is um, strange. And so that shift was starting to happen way, way back before Wishbone. And so it was sort of the hopes that we would introduce these stories and authors to kids and it would sort of take root. And then as they got older, they would discover and rediscover these authors and stories and be familiar and not be intimidated, you know, because I yeah. think classic works of literature, at least, you know, used to scare some people and they'd be like, that's either going to be boring or it's going to be too hard for me to understand, you know what I mean? Or it's going to be mm-hmm. about something that happened so long ago that I won't be able to relate to it. And so kids, you know, weren't interested and people, but if we could somehow make it accessible to them with this modern story and this adorable dog in a costume, you know, and give them a little cliff note version, then maybe they'd read the story one day, whether yeah. it's when they're 10 or when they're a hundred, you know what I mean? And then they'd be, they'd have a way in because they kind of know a little bit about it going in, you know, but That's just they, they, my mom and my sister used to say, it's like an introduction of someone you hope will become a really good friend to the mm-hmm. kid. You know what I mean? Because yeah. these stories are like... It, they are, they are like, they can be like your friends and your guides for life, you know? Mm-hmm. And okay. you said your sister wrote the scripts, most of the scripts. Yes. She, she, wrote the did, she did not, she did not write, she did an amazing job, right? She <laughs> did such a good job on Pride and Prejudice because we didn't even miss the Wickham like predator crap. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's so fun. Well, what's so funny, what's interesting is, and actually I think Vincent Brown wrote the, the Pride and Prejudice one. So she did not mm-hmm. write that one, but she, you know, edited it because she was story editor and she wrote most of of the other scripts. But what was so um, interesting was figuring out what you had to take out for children Mm -hmm. and realizing that you could really maintain the integrity of the story. um, If you, even if you took out some things that like we would think are, you know, crucial, like you could never take that out. You know what I mean? It would Mm -hmm. take, but, but it, when you start to distill the story and the characters um, for a younger audience, it's kind of cool because you see like, Oh, there the are essence. things that, yeah, yeah, exactly. The as yeah. the real essence. Like what's really yeah. That what one that one scene with Wickham and is like one he had two I'm lines. Poor. I'm poor. <laughs> and I'm just it's like, oh God, you that's nailed it. That's all we it. need to know. You know just what? That's all we need to know. Nailed it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, we don't need know. to know like about just, you and those young girls. We just need to know that you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We just need to know that you are poor. Exactly. Yeah, it's fine. Oh my God. That's so funny. And so uh, silly. Is your sister Stephanie? 
Yes. Yes. Uh, her name is Hilda. It pl- the next time you're going to chat with her, Hilda is Hilda. so good. Isn't um, it so good? She it's, is the creator of okay, Hilda. She created Hilda. She created Octonauts, which is another cool. amazing kid show. Um, she's creating some new shows right now, but she did Hilda, all the seasons of Hilda. Uh, I can't remember if they've all dropped. I think one is still coming. She just won an Annie. She's won, I mean, she's won Emmys and BAFTAs and Annie's for all of her kids, um, amazing writing awesome. and producing, but, um, she just won, uh, another Annie for Hilda this week. So excited. Oh, that's I'm great. So Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, that's great. If you, especially moms who are listening, if you haven't seen Hilda, oh. Um, it's, it's so re- good. I, but as a grown ass woman with no children, uh, Hilda's great. <laughs> like, you, know really. you know what I love about, um, my sister's shows it's true of all good programming. doesn't matter, but for kids programming, a lot of her, the audience for her shows, Octonauts, Wishbone and Hilda are people who don't have kids. Um, and a, I mean, a, a giant portion, which is, um, a real tribute to her and the writing and the animators or the acting of whatever, you know, whatever show she's on, because they're just, it's like universal. Do you know what I mean? It happens to be for children, but they're just like great stories and, and um, fun to watch. Like <laughs> Just <yeah>. fun. <laughs> yeah, dog is exactly. So cute. So cute. I mean, right. I mean, he doesn't want to see a cute dog in a costume. Come yeah. on. You know, it's Come on, like, Truth. I mean, that was before memes came before the, inter- you know what I mean? Before the internet was like a big thing. They were like way on the cutting edge. Cause like now everything is, you know, dogs and cats dressed mm-hmm. up yeah. and stuff. You know? <laughs> uh, How responsible do you think Wishbone is for that trend? I poised that uh, it is like, it's highly responsible for it. You know what I'm saying? I think so too. I yeah. really do. Um, at least a little bit, a little bit of very clearly formative Absolutely. for you guys. Yeah. So yeah. 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 One yeah. of TV's great dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Pre- exactly. We were trying to come up with a top five yesterday. Wishbone is in the top five. Obviously. Is definitely in the top five. Yeah. Eddie, top from five. Eddie from Eddie Frazier. Eddie from I was just going to say Eddie from Frazier. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite all-time favorite shows as well. Yeah. Eddie from Lassie. Frazier. Clearly. Lassie. Lassie's up there. Lassie yeah. was a really great actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. The drama. The drama. I know the drama. I don't think that any, I think this is a good crew, but not a stand up for the top five homeward bound yeah. crew. Oh yes. yeah. Intersectional. Oh, that was not TV oh. though. Not TV. Oh, fair enough. So there, yeah. Okay. So Renton 10 old school, maybe not quite old as school. impressive. But acting he's wise, on the top 10. On the very top well 10. trained. Yeah. yeah. Very, yes. well trained. Yeah. very well trained. Yes. Well yeah. trained. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't want to take out two. Please. Oh, wait, no, one more. One more. Beethoven. Oh gosh. Yeah. A hero. Mm-hmm. A hero. A hero. The comic world. The comic yes. world. Uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time because it's Sunday and you have a whole life and this is a lot I have of time to, to teach spend. a dance class. I have to teach a dance class in eight minutes. Oh, okay. oh yeah. So then, really yeah. quick, what was your what is your favorite Jane Austen? And if you got to play another Jane Austen mm. role today, what would it be? Ooh. Uh my favorite Jane Austen in sense is Sense and Sensibility. Mm-hmm. And my favorite version of that is the Emma Thompson um, version. I just, yeah, right? <laughs> Hello? Okay, yes, we all love each other. We are on the right page. Okay, so that's my favorite. If I could play another character, I would want to play, I would want to play another, like, uh, not a main character, but... Um, a butthole? A, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, it's more butthole. fun to be the villain. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not the, even the villain, but just the awful because those wonderful characters have to exist in the relief 
you know what I mean? Of the buttholes. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you don't have the butthole there. You're not going to, you're not going to get to experience the brilliance of the Marianne or the Elizabeth or that, you know what I mean? Totally. So the Emma. So the buttholes are really important to her story and all stories. And they're just more fun to play as an actor. Let's yeah. face it. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I I'm going to keep my eyes peeled I, for when inevitably you play Mrs. Bennett somewhere. I was going to say, I, 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 I would love to see you play Mrs. Mrs. Bennett. Mrs. Bennett is the biggest I mean, she is so, she is so awful. And so deliciously <laughs> awful. I mean, every fiber and I love her. And I feel like I've met her a million times. So I can't yeah. wait mm-hmm. to play her. Yeah. And now I'm like there. And the thing about like, I, you know, as an actor and choreographer and dancer and grew up doing all that and kept doing it. And then I took some time off to be a mommy and now I teach dance and I still choreograph and I still act, but I'm just getting back to it. But I'm so excited because um, the thing I love about being an actor is doing the character parts. And now that I'm getting to be older, I'm just so excited. I'm like the only actor in LA who's so excited to get old because now I can play the parts that I want to play. Yeah, uh, You know what I mean? So like the Mrs. Bennett, I mean, that is for me, that would be, yeah, that's the dream role. Oh, yeah. So can't wait. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> ha- have fun with your dance class. Thank you so, 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 Thank so you. much for doing this. You are so welcome, you guys. And you should come and dance with us because we're on Zoom right now. So anytime you want to come <laughs> and take a dance class, we have we have decade dance party, which is like dancing through the ages from the 20s to the 2000s to the O's. That sounds like fun. Every week is a different decade. We talk about the history. You know, it's really fun and silly and you don't need any dance training. Uh, and then we have other classes that are more dancey, but you know, whatever. If people want to f- take these classes, and I am sure some of our listeners are going to want to, where can they find that info? They, if you go, if you Google Gotta Dance Productions, maybe the third thing that comes up <laughs> is Gotta Dance Productions, Jeannie Simpson, my name, J E A N N E Simpson. And they can just click on that. It's a Facebook page because, like I said, I'm really old. So it's going to take them right to my Facebook page when they Google that. And then they can see the stuff and they can send me a private message or a comment and I'll get right back to them with the, the Zoom link. Because now we're on Zoom still dancing. So awesome. we, can, yeah. we have friends and I'm in LA, but I have friends in New York and Chicago who are dancing with us every week. And we're going to keep the Zoom aspect even when we return to the studio because cool. we don't want to lose our friends from all over the country. It's really fun that we've been getting to dance together for this yeah. year. Crazy. That's great. So. Yeah. So it's super fun. So there's all all that information is there, or at least a way to contact me. Of course, my email is also on the internet. (laughs) internet. It's not really hard to find me. If you want to come dance with us, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Well, Jeannie, thank you so much. much. Have a good dance class. Oh my gosh. Would you maybe come back and talk to us again when we get to the Northanger Abbey wishbone episode? Of course. I would come and talk to you anytime about anything, especially, especially another wishbone episode or whatever you guys want to talk and thank you for your wonderful podcast and for you know getting uh the word out there about jane austen because it's a very wishbone thing that you're doing you know what i mean obviously you have people who already love austen but anyone who listens to your podcast is going to fall in love with austen and that's a good thing oh so, thanks oh my thank god so nice. that's really nice thank, thank, you. thank you oh my god good that's all good. right all well, right good luck go dance I got to dance, people. Right. Thanks, Jeannie. Thank you, Jeannie. Bye. 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 It was so fun. Take care. You Bye. too. Peace.
Hey, y'all, sneaking in from the future for a second. Uh, After we finished recording the episode, which you will hear the end of in just a minute here, I got an email from Jeannie saying that there is something she wanted to plug that she had forgotten to mention in her haste to get off to her class. Um, So this is what she wanted to mention in her own words. uh, And of course, I have her permission to read this. So here's Jeannie. I was having so much fun talking your ears off today that I forgot to include one thing that I had hoped to promote at the end. I married the son of a romance novelist. My mother-in-law, who passed away a few years ago from cancer, was a very successful romance writer. Jane Austen was one of her inspirations and most favorite writers. She would have adored your podcast. She published over 30 romance novels that are still in print and popular, and I was hoping to introduce some of your fan base to her work. Her pen name is Edith Layton. She even based one of her heroines on me, heroines on me, in a book called The Chance. I wanted to honor her with a shout-out. Uh, so Edith Layton, the, the, the layers have layers in addition to all the other wonderful things about this episode. Um, we now know that, that Jeannie is the mother is the daughter-in-law of a successful romance novelist and that she's the inspiration for a heroine in a book, which I definitely have to read now. So go to bookshop.org or your favorite local bookstore here in Chicago. Mine is women and children first, although I also love semicolon books and uncharted books and some other wonderful books and look up edith layton and read a wonderful romance novel today now back to us a few days ago that was so restive (laughs) (laughs) that took a turn about the room yeah i had a calming draft yes i got my smelling salts yeah i had i had a nice cup of wine i was feeling a little faint I yes. shoved a chocolate muffin into my face. Yeah. And then mm. I did a backbend. Yes. Okay, hold on. And then I did a backbend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank Jeannie Simpson for being our guest. She was very generous with her time, especially because we had a little technical kerfuffle because, of course, we did. Um, it was so kind of her to come and speak with us. So thank you, Jeannie. Um, you will have also now heard because we're after the conversation but you are in the future listening to us talk about the conversation that we just had that you just listened to just stop it yeah okay all right i'm done um (laughs) 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 you will have just heard her talking about how she was going off to teach a dance class we have not picked a date yet but keep in mind that some sunday coming up y'all we are gonna do an old-fashioned fitz mob only it's a genie mob and take her amazing sounding dance class so listen for that date follow us on twitter if you're not already you can do that at pondlandercast we'll also post it on patreon patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast and on facebook facebook.com slash podlandercast you can find the info there we'll all take her class together it will be a hoot and a holler and a hurrah and a, and a bark and then we'll all turn and we'll put our paws down <laughs> yes. we'll look in, and we'll look for the treat yes uh, yes i will <laughs> next week as i think you've probably already heard because i suspect we're gonna just run the same intro again uh our next pp is uh being mr wickham being george wickham or being mr wickham it's being mr wickham i think it's being mr wickham yeah we can find out very easily it is a play uh which is not a thing we're going to be able to do very often um it is being mr wickham uh because it's live and right now there isn't really theater and also it's not an experience we'd be able to share with you for the most part so our pride and prejudice adaptations are 
pretty often not going to include theater. However, in this case, we can because on April 30 and May 1st, Theater Royal in the UK is streaming Being Mr. Wickham live. Uh, it stars Adrian Lucas, the George Wickham from PP BBC AE Nemesis. Um, so I guess like. May, the definitive Mr. Wickham? We haven't watched all the a- adaptations yet, but he is certainly, when I think Mr. Wickham, it's that guy's face that comes to mind. Yes. Um, so he is talking about the l- long life of Mr. Wickham. Um, he probably survived them all. All the Bennets are dead, but George Wickham lives on. Remains living. That's the yeah. truth. <laughs> um, that is April 30 and May 1. You can find more information at theater with an R E Royal. I mean, that's my commentary theater Royal.org. It's theater with an R E and Royal. Like there's a monarchy. Yes. Janine. This is record. This is being released after that date. No, no, we no. have, I, th- I thought I had a month to do this one. Yeah. There's still, we still have wine show and stuff. I, no, but the, this episode won't be released for like two more weeks. Yeah, so it's so after, it will be after so April thirtieth. You're, you're talking oh. about all this stuff that they can go do, but this has already happened. This is so. what I yeah. get for time travel. See, <laughs> <laughs> so. Janine, you go ahead and cut as much of this as you want. Those of you who have already seen being Mister Wickham live, there you go. <laughs> that was me. I don't me. know if I want to cut any of this. This is great. <laughs> Well, it does really show the people what the sausage looks like as it's made. I'm going to spoil it for you. We didn't take a nap. We didn't have a nice calming glass of water. We didn't take a turn about the room. We just stayed in front of our microphones. We're silent for like 30 seconds and then tried to come back composed. But we're all really still riding very high on Jeannie Simpson. I don't know what's going on. My phone. Um, Anyway, our next PPBBC AE is Being Mr. Wickham, starring Adrian Lucas, um, which you have probably already watched or not, but now there's nothing you can do about it. We're very excited to talk about this play. And again, in the spirit of time travel, we haven't seen it, but you have. (laughs) Maybe. That's not fair. Oh, you so lucky. You're so lucky. You live in the future right now. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, we, we also... Uh, Those flying uh, cars there. You might... I think you'll probably then also hear our Men in Kilt's wine show thoughts before we get to being Mr. Wiggum. So none of this is relevant. How much is relevant? None of it. <laughs> well, it's, it's relative how relevant it is. If we're talking about time travel, the relative. I'm going to go throw myself out a window. (laughs) Come on, guys. You have to wait to throw yourself out a window until after I get done reading a list of our patrons, because I've already done all of our fun. I said I was going to do it in advance, and then I only did half of it. God damn it. (laughs) Um, We've already gone through all of our the handles, dealies, our handles. Um, We want to thank uh, Jeannie Simpson again, who you can Google. I've already forgotten the name of her dance studio, but gotta dance productions. And it's yes. like entry number three. Um, and then we'll take her dance class. It'll be great. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll send Danny Jealous a little Twitter DM and see if he wants to join us. Might be. I mean, he did say that, you know, he's an enthusiastic dancer. Yes, he did. 
Um, what you missed when you were popular. Okay. Uh, we want to thank Jeannie for being here. We want to thank everyone who listens to the show, um, especially our friends on Patreon. Uh, if you support us on Patreon, you can join the Slack, which is super awesome. You can do our lunch breaks and our crowdcasts and our all of that stuff, bonus episodes, Janine's Corners, the pictures of Jasper, all kinds of stuff. Um, so again, patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. We want to thank all of you, but especially the following lovely people. Cat's Paw 156, Sand Loving Jen, Maddie Perkins, Snazzynach, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, Kristen Freckled Fury, Laura Coombe, Amelia Bazell, Liz and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Claire Feeney, Kayla Reagan, Rochelle Fever, Amanda Smazazaza, Heather Robin, Jerry Hurdle, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazzella, Chantel Soldiers, Mary the Falling Statue, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Blakowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Trish McRae, Dr. J, Jen Linder, Drunkland, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki. The, the wise. Thank you so much for all you do. I really am going to go have a calming draft now. Me too. Same. I think we need it. Mm-hmm. God, what a fucking delight. Bye. 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 Bye.